0: Welcome to Episode 9 of Widowcast from Joanne the Life Coach with Joanne Philomena. Hello, listeners. Today I want to talk about still the very early days after losing my husband because I'm sure that most other widows experienced the same things, which is why I'm sharing this. It's just a reassurance to hear someone else's story and know that you're not nuts. <laughs> you're not crazy. You're not psychotic. You don't need a psychiatrist. You're just going through the early stages of widowhood. One of the things I started doing almost right away, because in my mind, this is what you do, was to start clearing out the house. I immediately began going through Jim's clothing to sort out what I could donate to the people's place, what was just not donatable, and, um, Yeah. I mean, I thought this is what you do. And it was difficult. But because I was still somewhat in shock, and I put the blinders on, I was able to pretty much go through it. There were some things I held on to. um, But I got through that. There were other things that I was going through. Clearing out his drawer by the back door in the kitchen that he kept little doodads in and reminders and all kinds of stuff, emptying his pockets when he would come home. But there were other things that I was just like hitting a brick wall with, emotionally hitting a brick wall. Um, His insulin, for some reason, I couldn't get rid of his insulin. And I would have loved to have donated it for those who need insulin. But it turned out the only way to donate the unused, unopened insulin packages were to pay for the shipping, to send them overnight, special handling down to Florida, um, where they would then take it out of the country to be used in countries that don't have enough supply. Um, I, I just couldn't believe there was no place locally that I could pass that on to. And as a result, I ended up hanging on to it for a long time. There are still things that I've had trouble justifying in my mind going through and throwing away to this day. And it's been 14 months. But most of his things I went through, I had a twinge of guilt doing it. Then I had a thought of what are the neighbors going to think when they see my garbage cans out there overflowing? They're going to know I'm already throwing away his stuff. And I don't know why that bothered me, but it did. Then I hit just an emotional wall for everything. It It was, you know, the shock was beginning to wear off and all of the pain starts coming in at that point. So to to divert myself from what I had been doing, I got a hold of the book, The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up by Marie Kondo. And what I began doing, instead of clearing out Jim's things, I began going through my things and throwing them away. Now, I didn't realize at the time that this was something that I was actually doing because I didn't want to face continuing to go through his things. So instead I spent a month or two addressing my own things. Not that it was a bad thing to do. I loved the book. I loved her method. I I would follow it. I would one day get every skirt in the house and put them all in the living room or every pair of pants or every dress or every pair of pajamas. My dining room was in a constant state of being clothing overflowing everywhere while I went through all my things. And I went through my books and I went through all kinds of stuff. At some point, I finally stopped. I think I stopped short on paperwork because when I started trying to address my paperwork, now it was facing Jim and my paperwork. It was facing Jim's stuff again. And that's, what, that's when I realized I had been kind of diverting my attention so I didn't have to do that and how difficult that was. So when you find yourself in that state where you want to clear things out, it's really going to be a matter of your own timing. I think many widows immediately start clearing out the (laughs) clothing. Maybe it's because we all have too many shoes and we could use the room. (laughs) I don't know. But truly, I've talked to other widows who have said that was one of the first things they did as well was to start going through their husband's clothing. Other widows, I think, just haven't been able to face it at all. That might be their Achilles tendon that they just can't imagine doing that. And I think a large part of it being difficult to go through things and clear out the house of things that are no longer of use to you, they were of use to your spouse but not needed anymore, is we still hold on to some little piece deep inside of us that thinks he might come back. He might come back any day. He might walk through that door. We intellectually know that's an impossibility, but you you just have that thing that says, I can't throw this away. He might need it. He might need it. <laughs> and I think too, this is part of what precipitates what I call the widow's dream. And I'm wondering if all widows have this dream. I know my mother had this dream after my father passed away. And I did too. It wasn't immediate. I think it was maybe four months, six months after Jim passed away, that I had the dream that he was home. He came back and i was ecstatic to see him i hugged him i immediately apologized because i said i've thrown away all your clothes i think i've got a couple shirts down in the basement still i can get those for you and he was patting my shoulder as if to say don't worry about it don't worry And then I said, I still have your glucose meter. So we should probably check your blood right away. All the insulin's gone, but let's check your blood. (laughs) Because by then I had let go of the insulin. And maybe that's part two of what precipitated the dream that he was back. And I was immediately going to try to take care of him and find the shirts I still had in the basement. And I knew I had his glucose meter so I could check his, his blood reading. He had been diabetic in life, um, So, and when I woke up from the dream, you know, I didn't feel particularly sad, like, oh, I thought he was back and he's not. I was really feeling curious about it, maybe because I remembered my mother having dreamt that my father came home after he passed away. Do we all have that thought? living in the back of our subconscious. And that's part of what makes it so difficult to start to change things in the house, change certain things in the house. I think there are things that we change in our house that we have no issue with. I've seen widows who go into a complete flurry of redecorating My mom did this. I remember my sister and my brothers were a little freaked out because she was spending a lot of money, (laughs) a lot of money having wallpapering done and custom drapes made and new furniture. But I realized then that it was part of her way of working through her grief. And it was also part and parcel. She married my father when she was 18 years old. And when he passed away, my mother was in her 60s. And her entire life, she had never had a house that was only hers. She had to decorate around having four kids. So what would be durable? She had to decorate around my father's taste as well as her own. And my mom was English. She was uh, raised in England and moved to this country as a English war bride after World War II. So she had never been surrounded with a decor that was just her taste alone. And it amused me to see how she was redoing her living room. And it looked like a typical English cottage with floral sofa and flowing drapes. And it was very grand. And I think it truly was part of her being able to work through grief. Her finding the silver lining to grief that now I'm going to have this living room look exactly the way I want it to look. And so she did. I find myself back and forth with things like that. Some things I have absolutely no problem changing. Some things I come up against the wall trying to change. I still have Jim's car here and it's been 14 months. I've not sold the car. So, you know, it's something I probably should do. Last year when I thought about it, though, I just I couldn't. I couldn't. Um, so it's, you know, it's something that's in my future, I'm sure. At some point, I will sell his car because I really don't need it. I have my own PT Cruiser that I love so much, old as it is. I don't want to give it up. Other changes don't even immediately come to mind. And they amuse me when they do. Because I think it's funny that we change things as a compromise with our spouse and they stay changed for so many years that we forget what our original preference was for me. It was at first it was the toilet paper because when Jim and I married, he insisted he had to have Scott tissue. Um, I didn't like Scott Tissue, but it's one of those compromises of relationship. And I thought if it's that important to him, I can certainly deal with it. And so for 22 years, I used Scott Tissue. It was months after he passed away that I was still buying Scott Tissue until it occurred to me one day in the grocery store, I don't have to buy Scott Tissue. I can buy whatever toilet paper I like. (laughs) And I bought a roll of Charmin and brought it home with great glee to use soft, absorbent toilet paper again. (laughs) As ridiculous as that sounds, but it's true. And here I am. I had just posted this on Facebook 14 months later. I always have a big picture of iced tea in my uh, refrigerator probably part of being brought up by a mom from England. There's always tea. And I was making a fresh pitcher of tea when I realized, why am I still sweetening my tea glass by glass? I'm the only one drinking this tea. I can go back to sweetening the entire pitcher when I make it. It, I And I laughed, I laughed at myself that it took me 14 months to remember that I used to make iced tea and sweeten it right in the pitcher until I met and married someone who was diabetic. And so that tea was left unsweetened in the pitcher because we would both drink from it. Um, but how how ridiculous, 14 months, I was still not sweetening the tea. Do you have little things like that that come back to you? My sister-in-law told me after her husband had passed away, it was a number of decades ago, she went to the grocery store the first time. And when she got to the checkout, she looked down in her cart and just started crying because she realized she had bought all the things that she had always bought because he liked them. And there was not one thing in her cart that she really wanted to eat. And she ended up abandoning her cart, which she felt terribly guilty about. And she still does to this day. She just walked away from it and left the grocery store because she could not face up to that. But it it was the automatic thing that you continue to carry on the same way that you had all those years as a couple. And slowly, slowly you begin to start finding your way back to yourself. So don't feel guilty when you start to find your way back to yourself. And don't feel guilty or sheepish if you still have things around the house that you just haven't been able to bring yourself to clear out of the house or to change. I'm sure if I were to walk through the house, try to with an observing I, I would realize that there are still so many things in my house that are arranged a certain way because it was Jim's preference. And I just haven't bothered changing them or felt a need to change them because I had so adjusted. But I'm sure that I will continue to come across things that I do, like making iced tea, that I stop and you might say, want to take a hey, few wait minutes, a minute, about I don't have to do it like food this for anymore. One. And Try to remember what the heck is it that you do like. It took me a while, and I'm still learning. I'm still relearning that. I'm relearning how to fix food for myself because I am just cooking for me. So if you are completely on your own, it's a it's a whole new adventure in figuring out what's for dinner because you used to fix something special, probably something that both you and your spouse like. You want to make sure you continue feeding yourself well so that you are looking out for your own health. But it's a whole different game when it comes to cooking for one. I use my freezer a lot when I want something that is almost impossible to make in a small batch, and you can't easily just go out and buy it, um, I like a nice beef stew now and then. And you just don't get good beef stew unless you make it yourself. And you're going to make a whole pot, but you can also freeze portions. So you begin relearning how to feed yourself, how to shop for yourself. Take the time, take the time to sit down with a pad of paper in your lap and just think about what is it you used to like. Sometimes I think back to when I was a kid and what was just a real treat then. It's taken a lot to get back in touch just with my own tastes. So spring is nearly upon us. And it's a traditional time for house cleaning, spring cleaning, and going through things and organizing things. So when that feeling of spring Rises up in you. It does in me every year. I can't avoid spring cleaning because I start to feel it in my bones as spring comes. And boy, I'm ready. I just want to start going through everything. So give in to that and go ahead and clear out so a few as more you go things. Through but the do it on your own time. Do it on you your begin own terms. To find ways to adjust. Do it in your own time. Do it at your own pace. And know that... It will happen gradually over time that you begin adjusting your lifestyle, your household, and don't feel any guilt in any way because now it's all about you and you need to take care of yourself. So thank you for listening today. Most of the new listeners of this show found out about it through a friend or a blog post. If you're someone who's told someone else about Widowcast, thank you so much. It really means a lot that you would do that for me. Keep telling your friends. And if you happen to write something about this show, send me a link or tag me somehow so that I can share it. I really appreciate it. I would love to hear from all of you. You can write to me at Joanne J-O-A-N-N, at com. I would love to hear your feedback, your comments, your input. So take care, go through your own process, and find some joy in every single day. Until next time.